Everyone, welcome back to the Kicks and Picks podcast. We're back with another great Premier League guest this week. Today we are covering Chelsea as the next team in our State of the Club series this summer. And it's David Pastor of We Ain't Got No History from SB Nation's Chelsea site. So David, how are you doing? And thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm doing all right, I suppose. Excited for the new season. Yeah, it's right around the corner. So let's get yeah. uh before we get into the new season though, let's talk a little bit about last season. Uh, do we have to um I know for, <laughs> for you and uh Chelsea fans out there, not the not the one you want to talk about, certainly <laughs> in the, the last like I guess twenty years or so. It's gotta be one of the worst seasons that I've seen I, as a as a football fan. So from Chelsea. Yeah, I think it's actually worse than thirty years. It's arguably their worst Premier League season of all wow. time which, you know, counts back to 1992. So 12th, 12th in the league. Can't even really remember last time we finished bottom half of the table. Uh, barely any goals. Negative goal difference. It's, it was not great. Getting knocked out of every cup on the at the first, every domestic cup at the first hurdle. And then uh, making it a little interesting in the Champions League, but eventually uh, falling without much, uh, much fight against Real Madrid. So, yeah, not great. Yeah, I'm not going to make you assess it much deeper than that to save you the, the agony. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to turn it around for you guys. Right. Hold on, hold on. There's, there's not much your, more to say. It was if terrible. If this was your worst year in yes. 30 years, mm-hmm. I think things are okay. I mean, I suppose you could say we've been a little privileged or a yeah. lot privileged over the last uh, you know, 20 years with uh, basically unlimited funding in a way, starting with Abramovich, you know, winning, winning every trophy possible. Um, so maybe, maybe it was coming, and uh, you know, it was a nice uh, reality check and and getting us to appreciate what we have or what we had. But uh, no, I don't wish it to anybody on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather not have to learn such lessons, if I'm being honest. Fair enough. Now, miss, <laughs> missing out on Europe is tough, um, to, to say the true, least. True. Um, but listen, there has to be some sort of bright spot. Can you name a breakout breakthrough player from last year? One or two. Um, I mean, certainly I'm sure there's guys that have disappointed or underachieved. So let's start with yeah. something that made you smile. There's a lot of people who uh, disappointed and underachieved, but uh, well, we bought a lot of players. So there's a lot of young talent, at least on paper. And um, the one stand out to me was Enzo Fernandez. I'm not sure that's a, that's not really a hot take, I suppose. Only the most expensive player in Premier League history. But, uh, you know, super young player, World Cup winner with Argentina. And uh, you often, in the Premier League, you often have a sort of an acclimation period when you come in from a, another league. But he basically hit the ground running and uh, try to uh, try to do his best uh, with all the chaos around him. And despite all that, despite being so young, so many changes, he he already did really well. So it was it's exciting to see him settle in, almost starting to live up to his uh, transfer fee and, and really making it exciting for us uh, looking forward what he can accomplish. Uh, as far as underachieving, I mean, <laughs> it's really, it's really <laughs> tough to uh, <laughs> maybe pick one out. Who but, disappointed uh, you the most, I guess, most, is how we'll frame it up. I, I suppose if we're going with players, I would have to go with Raheem Sterling just because he was billed as in the summer. We looked on him as our the signing that will make us finally work uh, in, on the attacking end in a more consistent manner. You know, he, he'd done it for years with Manchester City, with Liverpool, 
and um he just was was not the player that we expected to get for for that much money for that much hype um everybody kept saying uh whenever any of our three uh main coaches were asked throughout the season what's wrong with Raheem Sterling they just said well he's done it for so long surely one of these days he's going to start doing it again and uh we've yet to see that happen so i would say he's up there as far as uh as disappointment disappointment goes yeah, I mean, but it's, it's, it's a close of, contest. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to run down the list of transfers. I mean, Enzo <laughs> lived up to the, uh, these are all in euros, 121 million euro billings, yes. I guess, to an extent. But then you go after that. It's Wesley Pofano was 80 million. Uh, Murdoch was 70. Cucurella was another 65. <laughs> Sterling, 56. Uh, Batashile, 38. Koulibaly, 38. I mean, yeah. Nick and I are Roman Lazio fans, and, and we can't spend that on one player usually in a in a summer transfer window. I mean, the yeah. amount of money that Chelsea threw it's, around to fail it's crazy. Really. It was crazy I'm last pretty, year. Pretty sure we set records for both transfer windows in in the amount of spending, uh, totaling at least five hundred million pounds. I mean, you can't even wrap your mind around that amount of money, and just the fact that the new owners came in and in the first year they blew. Uh, whatever Abramovich had ever spent on the club, which always was looked upon as how dare he spend this much money. These new guys came in and they just started as if it was, you know, spending money as it was growing on trees. But save for Enzo. And I mean, Buddy Ashile was good as well. And Fofana was good when he wasn't injured, but he was injured a lot. Um, all the other, uh, other other signings just it's kind of flopped. And it's it's kind of impressive that you could make that many signings and hit on so few of them when you know it seemed, it seemed like a good idea at the time all right all right i'm gonna <laughs> i'm do my professional spin zone here where i'm gonna say number one city was in the league city is city arsenal very unexpected um uh, you know i think not very unexpected but i, I think they over achieved overperformed um you you can you can't really like a player is worth what somebody's willing to pay for them, right? Yeah, so if, if the owner's out willing to spend money, that should be seen as a positive. The <laughs> the fact that these guys didn't come through, I, I mean, there's a lot of turmoil around. The, I think the yes. league was improved. I think that there was a lot of turmoil around the club. Three different managers. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, I get on uh, maybe on one hand, if you're spending <laughs> 60, 50, 60 million euros for a player, they should be able to figure it out. But uh, at the same time, Three managers throughout the course of the season. You never saw the same yeah. starting eleven at any point in time. At least I can't remember the same eleven. Um, yeah. it, there, there's kind of a lot to deal with. I'm not. I'm not trying to make excuses <laughs> for them, but I, I think that the future is is probably a little bit brighter. Yeah, I, th- I think more so than even just managers and players is was the decision making for the recruitment. Um, you know, I mean, as Chelsea over the last twenty years, I probably couldn't even name all the managers we've had. Because, you know, Abramovich tended to fire them whenever somebody looked at him wrong. So, I mean, this was this was a fairly common thing for us to deal with new managers. What was different uh, in large ways was who was making transfer decisions. So when the new owners came in, they said everything that happened before was not run well. So they just got rid of everybody. And they got rid of everybody who was in charge of transfers, in charge of marketing. And... We were in the middle of a summer transfer window. So they said, all right, Thomas Tuchel, you don't like to do this, but we'll make you do this anyway. So tell us some players that you really want. And the players he signed, uh, you know, Sterling, Koulibaly, these guys, they didn't quite work out. And then 100 days later, they said, well, we don't like you, Thomas, anymore. Let's get rid of you. 
and we'll we'll just do the transfers ourselves. And so these the the owners who basically had no experience in football really said, ah, let's just spend some more money. And then January came around and finally they've got a, a some sort of structure in place. So there's like three different managers, three different sets of decision makers. Everybody just kind of putting all these random pieces together. And I mean, I guess it's not a surprise that it didn't, didn't work out at all. It probably would have been a surprise if it did work out. Yeah. But maybe, maybe just the individual skills involved, you would have thought that we would be better than 12th. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When you see some of the names that finish ahead of Chelsea, the Brentfords and Fulham's and, yeah. and Palaces, like Perfect things storm. like that. Yeah. But um, I, I think you mentioned like how it was like kind of a mishmash of player recruitment. And, and that makes sense, too, because it doesn't matter how much you spend sometimes because the players get thrown together. They don't gel. Sometimes continuity is the most important thing with with teams. And and that sometimes leads to, to yeah. more winning than a team that's kind of all stars together. I, I mean, I, yeah, you, you were asking about like disappointing players, but and. What was overall disappointing is the the core of this team, essentially the same players, won the Champions League two years ago. And I mean, winning a Champions League, maybe not as uh, indicative of overall quality as winning a league, because it's a knockout competition, strange things can happen, whatever. But that was a young group, basically. And a lot of those players who were key to winning the Champions League, players like Mason Mount, um, especially Mason Mount, he comes to mind, but... Uh, Kai Havertz, these guys, they also just had a terrible season overall. So people who had been there had bad seasons. People who came in had bad seasons. And that's, we're here now. <laughs> All right. So yeah. to wrap up last year, three managers. Yep. Now we got Poch coming in. How do we feel about that? Feeling okay. Uh, he's got a very low bar to clear at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, in a way, it's kind of ideal for him to come in. I think if he had been uh, appointed at any time in the last 20 years, especially after he was at Spurs, I think the reaction to him would have been a lot more negative just because of the the Tottenham Association. Uh, but he's come in, and the one big knock against him before was that he's not a winner, and Chelsea, where are winners? Uh, but so far, everything he said, you know, he says the right things. You know, we want to win is number one. You know, style of play, all that development of players, that's all secondary to to winning. And that's what Chelsea fans wants to hear want to hear. And uh, so far so good. He's he's gotten the players to to run a bit more, get the fitness levels up, and you know, so far the vibes are pretty good. So we'll see. Yeah, established guy who's got a Premier League track record should should I think exactly. do them well. Yeah. And yeah, uh, he, he he figured out how to deal with drama at uh, at PSG. So I think. He's, he's got it all so far. <laughs> so in, in terms of now the squad, you have to build a squad for him. And, and Chelsea has made a few signings. Uh, the biggest names confirmed so far are Christopher Nkuku and Nicholas Jackson to hopefully solve that lack of striker center forward that's plagued Chelsea for the last few seasons that you mentioned. No goals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we have to mention Nkuku last night. You said got injured in the friendly. You could talk it's... about what you hope maybe out of those two and maybe what changes if Nkuku is out for a while. And then you can talk yeah. about any other areas of need or targets that Chelsea's got right now. Yeah. So the interesting thing with the Nkunku was that his transfer was actually agreed like back in September. So that was kind of, it's one of the good things that the previous mess has, has managed to get, get for us. Um, since then uh, there's been a new recruitment team put into place who are uh, kind of, 
they come from places like Brighton and uh, there's some Bundesliga influence as well. And they've gone for less of the, the marquee names, as you might say. Uh, so like uh, somebody like Nicholas Jackson is a, a striker we, most of us, I would say, had never heard of before. You know, if you watch La Liga a lot, maybe you, you saw him in, at VRL last year. But um, so far in preseason, he's really impressed us with uh, basically everything that a, a forward needs to do. Hold up, play, lead the line, uh, play, interplay with other people. So those sort of signings um, are more than welcome. And then the other emphasis that they've been uh, uh, placing their money on has been younger players, like 19, 20-year-olds, um, signing for either a loan or um, our owners also acquired a new club now with Strasbourg in France. So they're trying to go the kind of the multi-club route like uh, Red Bull and, and those guys are going. And so they're kind of... they're spending more money on the on the younger players as opposed to the established players and the, i guess the idea is to to grow them into established stars with chelsea or with strasburg or whoever else might come in so that's that's been the focus um as far as still needs uh just today i think yeah it was today the there's been a confirmation that we're going to sign uh robert sanchez who's the goalkeeper from brighton so that's to provide some competition for keppa uh Kepa's, uh as we might recall he's still the most expensive goalkeeper ever in football and he certainly hasn't lived up to that uh that fee but uh he had he had a decent season last year and now we've got some competition for him and there's a lot of young players waiting in the wings for him especially uh Slonina who's the young American goalkeeper but he's probably going to go out on loan this season um as the biggest need Remaining, I think, is just another central midfielder. Uh, we've been basically all summer linked with uh, Moises Caicedo, again from Brighton. I guess I don't know what we're doing. with always just trying to buy Brighton's players. But uh, that might or might not happen right now. It's all it's all up in the air. But we definitely need uh, a kind of a defensive midfielder. Um, for years, Chelsea were built around Angolo Kante, who is uh, an amazing player, best in the world. Uh, he's now gone and last couple of seasons he's been struggling with injuries as well and we haven't haven't really replaced him I guess you could say you can't really replace him but we need somebody who's a defensive midfielder we don't really have uh, a dedicated player like that so that that's our biggest need at the moment yeah and if if Nkuku is out for say a couple months or so something yeah. like that how do you think they they deal with that in the meantime <laughs> I am not sure, honestly. Um, <laughs> we have, there's a lot of young options and there's a, a, a player named Armando Broya who we've looked at as our striker of the future uh, before. Uh, he tore his ACL, <laughs> another knee injury. He tore his ACL in December and he's coming back now. Um, people were expecting him to be part of the squad. He hasn't really taken part in preseason, possibly looking at a loan. So maybe we would delay that one i think it just depends on how um how severe the injury is if it's another you know a month or two i think we just deal with it um if he's out for the season or he's out for half season we've already seen um that we uh when we lost uh wesley fofana actually again to another injury he's basically out for the season with an acl mm. uh, they signed or we've we're looking to sign uh, another player to replace him and it looks like that's going to be uh from monaco 
a guy named Axel DeSassi. I don't really know much about him, unfortunately, but uh, seeing that blueprint, I think if if Nkunku is out for the season, uh, we might we might be looking at another big signing. So. Yeah, and on top of that, um, a lot of people who have already exited, Mount has gone to United, Havertz to Arsenal, Kovacic to City, oh, all yeah. direct rivals. Uh, Pulisic, Loftus-Cheek on their way to Italy, and Mendy, Koulibaly, Conte all to Saudi Arabia. I, I mean, there was a lot of players for not that many positions on the field, so yeah. I think some of it's necessary, but you That's... mentioned that defensive mid. Now we're talking about a striker. Who of these guys do you think is the biggest hole to fill? Well, I would say the biggest hole is Mount, just because he um, he's a he was a homegrown player, and he was, <laughs> and actually he was our voted our player of the season for the last two years, even if he had a bit of a down year a couple of years ago. So I mean, he's uh, he's one of those where it's kind of his contributions didn't show up on the scoreboard necessarily, but he was, when he was on, um, he was the guy who led the, who key dipped the press, who kind of knitted it all together. Um, and just his dedication, his, you know, running that kind of stuff, that, that is something that we would like to see more. A lot of that I think will come from coaching now, which hopefully somebody will step up into, into that role. And it just, it, it just like, more even more so than losing the player himself it was kind of the the emotional psychological um impact of mount not only leaving his boyhood club where he's been at since like age eight but going to you know one of our bigger rivals in manchester united so that's uh it's kind of a, a unique situation for for chelsea in in that we we might sell players, but we almost never sell to to rivals, direct rivals. I could say, or you could say, another other top teams in the league. And this this summer, we've basically sold one to one one each. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how that works out for them. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about that? Because it's <laughs> it's not every day you see that in in most leagues, oh, right? Where where the big yeah. teams sell to each other, like Havertz, Mount, and and Kovacic, especially Mount and Havertz, because they're younger and still kind of up right. and coming. I mean, does, does that worry you that they might come back and and bite Chelsea <laughs> a bit? I think Mount is going to come back to hurt us at some point. I think the the jury's still out on Havertz. He's such a strange player in a way that um, it never looks like he's trying that hard. And when it, and then sometimes he just he just does something magical. Mm. But he really needs to do something extraordinary for for his performances to be noticeable. Um, but I think actually Kovacic at at uh, City is going to be an amazing signing for them because he's such a skillful player and he doesn't he won't be asked to do everything like he was asked at Chelsea. He can just concentrate on on, on doing his magic with the ball. And I think that's that's going to be interesting to watch as a neutral for sure, for, for sure. Yeah. And I guess quickly, since we're, we're in the U.S. here, what yeah. do you think went wrong with Pulisic at, at Chelsea? <laughs> Do you think it was oh, many injuries, or you a think he was over his head? I'm not. No, I'm not sure he was over his head. I think because when he arrived, um, there's a lot of things conspired against him, including injuries and uh, COVID, and all of that uh, happened. Because when he arrived, that was the COVID year, and he got hurt at the same time. But when the Premier League resumed from lockdown or whatever it was called, that was the best. Um, period of Pulisic's um, time at Chelsea. And that was like two months and he was almost like our player of the season. He single-handedly took Chelsea from top top half of the t- 
table to a top four finish. But then I, you know, I don't know if it was just he, he didn't, couldn't do it with the player, with the, with the crowd or the extra pressure that the, that the fans being back provided or just was a victim of his kind of versatility because under Tuchel, especially he played a lot of wing back, which I mean, you don't want Pulisic yeah. as a wing back, right? Like it, it's just, I, I don't know. It, it's really tough. And I think it's just a combination of things. And then every time he would have a, a run in the team, which became less and less frequent as the years went on, but he would get pretty frequent injuries, unfortunately. And that's, not something that people generally talk about, but he had he had a he had his fair fair share of injuries, more than his fair share, really. Yeah, I mean, as as US fan, I hope he bounces back at yeah. Milan. But it was if you were right for that one period, I remember watching him early yeah. on, and you're like, he he can he can that's, handle yeah, this. And it, then yeah. a lot of manager changes too. I'm sure didn't help and and all that. Yeah, and he never really like with the US. He's almost always a number ten, right? I mean, that's mm. we would think that's his best position, maybe wing. But with Chelsea, he played all over the place. He was winger. He was uh, inside forward, wing back. Especially, just not 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 a not a good look, and not or not his best uh, best position. So yeah, so fortunate. I was you know I was pretty excited when Pulisic got signed, and and his first season was started slow but ended really well, and then it just kind of just petered out slowly. Yeah, so it's probably. I think it's it's one of those where it's. It, it, the classic like this guy needs a change of scenery to to yep. get the best out of him yeah. i think yeah i think he he's gonna do well in italy i hope i think i think so too yeah all right and just to, to put a bow on um the transfer window you spoke a little bit about new ownership in Bowley. um just i mean high level happy not happy the todd meister yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, Todd, Todd, the Todd, uh, he's not really involved that much anymore, but he was definitely the face of the operation for a long time. Um, He was the media, especially in England, always needs a face to put on something. So like in the previous 20 years, whenever Chelsea did something, it was Abramovich this, Abramovich that, even if he wasn't really that involved. Um, With Bowley, he wasn't, he's not even like the main guy in the consortium that bought the team. But he was the single biggest piece as as a individual, so he became the head, kind of the lead uh, whenever coverage happened. And then he also appointed himself chairman, and then he fired all the recruitment guys, and he said, "I'm going to be interim sporting director as well," even though he's never really had any such <laughs> uh, experience. But you know, I mean, it's it's you know a little classic uh, you know American you know confidence. We, we can do this. How hard could this be? And so. Uh, yeah, the first uh, the first few months were were not great in terms of just cohesive ideas, uh, what we're what we're going to do with coaches, players, etc. And then uh, about halfway through the season, he kind of he slowly started dialing back his involvement as he as he got we put actual sporting directors in place. So I think right now. Um, Right now is where we should have been probably 12 months ago if they had come in with a slightly better plan other than how hard could this be? Let's just get this done and then we'll see where where this takes us. So I think this season will be uh, a, a bit better uh, gauge of, of where we're going to be or, or the way we're going to do business for the next you know five, six, seven, eight, nine years, however long they might be around. It is, we do have to remember that we've gone from 
a single owner who basically was in it just for the fun of it to uh, mostly being owned by private capital who will be looking to turn a profit at some point, uh, despite whatever promises they might be making about, you know, oh, we're here to respect the history and and get the fans on board and stuff like that. Eventually they're going to sell. So that will be interesting. Um, and the one big thing that we need them to do, which was promised in the sale, was to renew or figure out what to do with the stadium and how to either rebuild it stand by stand to bring it up to more modern standards or knock it all down and, and build a brand new one. So that's 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 one big task that we don't really know how they're going to handle yet. Yeah, well, that, that's a, that's a big question mark. And like you said, so, it's it's a different type of ownership, right? Abramovich right. was there for the fun of it. He was did a lot of winning with yeah. uh, Mourinho and some other guys. And uh, this is a diff different look ownership now. And and the, what I thought of early on when you're talking about all the money they were throwing around it reminds me of the, of the Mets here with the new ownership group that they have. Mm -hmm. They, they've just thrown tons of money around and it hasn't worked for them either. So just yeah. to make like a cross sport reference there, um, new season <laughs> and, and begins, chance though. to take a jab at the Mets, right? Go hey, the Yankees aren't doing much better. So, um, <clears throat> new season begins though. So new hope, right? Uh, about a week, just over a week from now. And I believe you guys open with Newcastle, right? Off the Liverpool. Top of my you? Liverpool, Liverpool. Liverpool. I, knew there was one, I knew there was a big one early. Yeah. I'm taking the over. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you right now. <laughs> I'm ready. So yeah. in terms of that new season, what do you think the club's goals for the upcoming season are? If you ask them behind closed doors, what do you think <laughs> like ownership is targeting at this point at, with the new manager after finishing 12th last year? Oh, I would think they're targeting a, a top four finish. And um, that's probably going to be the public messaging as well. Nobody's really talked about this. And when Pochettino was asked, he just gave the usual, uh, well, you know, we just, we have to build a build a, a atmosphere and 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 uh, get some momentum going, and then we'll see we'll see where it takes us. So he's definitely not promising anything. Um, we haven't really heard from what the owners might be looking to do. Not even you know leak usual leaks to the media. Last season they made it pretty clear that they're okay with basically throwing the season away, which was a shocking thing to us as fans. Uh, I would think that after spending that much money, losing that much money, going through all this drama, they would realize that you can't really do that in European sports or a team with or, or a league with a relegation. And that, um, you know, sponsorships that depend on you doing well. For example, we don't have a shirt sponsor yet for next season, and which mm -hmm. starts in about a week. So that's a, kind of a shocking situation as well. So I would think they realize that you need to be top four to get Champions League money, top six to get Europa League money at least. So I would think that's that's our minimum minimum target at this point. Yeah. All right. How about you personally? What's going to make you happy? Minimum How to make it? you happy. <laughs> I mean, I'm always happy. You know, supporting a club <laughs> can't be that bad. As as I was reminded 30 minutes ago, <laughs> that's you know, it's, it. it's a privilege. It's a privilege <laughs> to be a fan. So personally... I mean, personally, I like to see us do a lot better than we did last year. And and the, for me personally, the thing that bothered me the most about last season wasn't necessarily even that we lost a lot of games. It was, especially under Potter, was the idea that this is okay. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's fine. You know, we tried, we tried really hard, but 
we just lost the game. I mean, it's all right. We'll try again. I mean, that's that's against basically everything I've known as a Chelsea fan for the last 30 years. Even when, even before Abramovich, you know, Chelsea were dedicated to the idea of, of winning as as an identity. So I, I I I like to see that restored, and I and I like hearing that from the head coach. Um, even if the reality of the situation is also that we have a, a lot of new players once again, a lot of young players that need to gel together, and of course there are um, you know at least six, seven, eight other teams who are looking to accomplish the same thing, and many of them are just as well funded, if not these days even a lot better funded. So it's it's only going to get tougher. Yeah, per- Premier League is is deep now. When you it's talk about finishing intense. top four, I, yeah. I know uh, in Italy it's tough too, but it's more because teams are equally inconsistent in the Premier League. because <laughs> so many teams have money now and can really reinforce their roster like we've yeah, seen with Newcastle and some of these kind of – they're not a new kid because they've got history, but the new kid on the block in terms of money, and it's it makes it really tough. Yeah, they're, I think they're going to start throwing their money around a lot more than they have been kind of they try to low key into it, yeah. you know, to avoid avoid the attention, but they can they can certainly wield a lot of a lot of big money. Yeah. So we we like to finish these episodes with uh, a little fun buy or sell. Um, first one: Chelsea win a domestic trophy next season under Poch. Do I? I don't. I don't quite understand. Do I buy if I? Agree Do you buy them or, winning? Yeah. Winning Do either the, the league cup. No, I would FA not cup I would not put any league. money on them winning a trophy next year. Although so, yeah. we did we did win the Premier League summer series. That's it. Which is apparently a trophy now this year. <laughs> <You're> back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a bunch of friend a bunch of friendlies, you get a trophy for it. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely selling that one. No, no, no real expectations of a trophy, unfortunately. All right. How about this? Buy or sell. Chelsea finish the season above Tottenham next year. Yes, I think that's a that's a buy. I think I think Spurs overachieved last year, and um, I I would expect that in the next month or so for them to lose Harry Kane as well. So if that happens, I think uh, Spurs are going to be back where they belong, which is below Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, if if Kane goes, there's no chance they 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 do anything. Uh, yeah, that's that that would be a write off for them that way right there. All right, so this next one we we had before the injury last night, but we'll reference it. If he's health, if he plays a majority this season, do you buy yeah. twenty plus goals for Nkuku this season in all competitions? All competitions. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a, that's a solid solid bet. Um, he's uh, pr- even last year when he uh, also got hurt, had a knee issue, he almost got to twenty. I want to say in all competitions. I think if not between more. the I think between Europe, he did. Yeah, that's right. And then he got, uh, he still uh, was one of the top scorers in the Bundesliga, even though he missed half the season. So I think he's, uh, he's shown over the last couple of years that he's definitely a, like a consistent goal scorer. And he's also shown in preseason already that he's uh, managed to uh, start creating a partnership with Jackson and a lot of the other players on the team. So I think that, I think that's a solid, solid buy. All right, last one. Buy or sell, Pochettino <laughs> still manager at the end of the season. We have a one-manager season for Chelsea. Wow, a one-manager season at Chelsea. That's a rarity already, but right now I'm very positive, feeling very positive about Pochettino. So I would say I'd, I'd say that's a buy. Um, his contract think, is yeah. not that long. I would I would put that put that in there. You know, he's there's not much tying him to the club if they want to get rid of him. 
and they only sacked like three managers last year. So like maybe they got it all out of their system now. Uh, he's they've given him all the tools to succeed. So I think it would it would take something pretty monumental for Pochettino to mess this up. Yeah. But you never you know you never really know what the results are going to say, and if you keep losing, there's it's that's not sustainable, unfortunately. So. I, but I, I mean, would say overall, I would say I I'd buy that one. Yeah, I, I think short of losing like his first seven or eight games, I his leash has to be incredibly long. I, I can't imagine yeah. there's anything that happens that would make them can him. Potter's leash was long. I think Lampard, who was who finished up the season, won like one game out of the last thirteen or something like that. So it was we've gotten used to this long leash idea. Um, and the the schedule to begin after Liverpool is actually pretty favorable. I think there's a, a decent opportunity for Pochettino and Chelsea to kind of start the season on a good note to put together five, six wins out of the first, uh, you know, seven, eight games. That's a, that's a solid start. And we can build on that to at least a, a top half, top half finish. And that should give him a second season. Yeah, that's, that's the I, positive. I that's a positive. Yeah, I, I I can't see it going as poorly as last year. If you look at the odds coming out of Vegas, um, they're mm. fifth favorites in the Premier League right now. So I, Vegas sees them being mm. not very far behind United. That might be a little optimistic, I think. But, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised they're ahead of Newcastle actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I'll ask the question. I, we won't get into the odd specifics, but just know Manchester City is a massive favorite to repeat. Um, if you were going to go with another team outside of City. Mm. Who would you pick to win the Premier League this year? Oh, can I say Chelsea? I know you could. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Chelsea our, episode. My 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 boy Enzo said that our our target is to win the Premier League. Okay. So. You, you want to hear that from your players, right? Exactly. That's, it's it's good to be ambitious. I would say a realistic chance might be Manchester United, just because they showed uh, at times last season they went on a couple good runs. Um. And I think Mount could be a key player for them. If they sign that other striker they're trying to sign, who looks like Holland but isn't Holland. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they signed Holland, uh, Somebody from Italy. The guy from Atalanta? Yeah, right? yeah, that's Hoyland? it. Hoyland? Yeah. Yes. Young kid. I mean, he's only like 19 or 20, but right. a lot of promise. Exactly. If, if, I could I could see them kind of nipping in there. But after City, it's, it's a pretty big drop. So... It's, yep. it's a bit of a free yeah. fall at that point. All right. I like it. We're locking in your official pick, Manchester United, plus 1,100. <laughs> you guys heard it here. Picks and Picks podcast. When it comes true, we're going to be, hey, we told you. You should have listened. I mean, it's pretty impressive that Chelsea are not that much worse favored or whatever the, pro- the proper terminology is. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would not I would not throw money at Chelsea. Don't do that. That's yeah, so that's a losing losing proposition right now. Fair enough. All right, so David, this was great. Um, <laughs> we thank you for coming on. You gave us plenty of great Chelsea chat here. Tell everybody where they can find your work um, and, and your, per- your Twitter and all that good stuff. Uh, well, don't 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 worry about my Twitter or <laughs> X or whatever it's called these days. Uh, you can find us at we ain't got no history dot com or we ain't got no history dot nation dot com. The greatest Chelsea blog that's ever been and ever will be. Um, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It's been yeah, it's been fun. Thanks hey, again for hopefully, coming on. Hopefully with a fun season to follow for both Please. of us. 
Absolutely. Yeah. We we'll appreciate we'll, it, man. We'll be, wa- we'll be watching old, old, old Jose over there in the, in the capital. We'll see what he's yeah. up to next. <laughs> Hopefully they get him a striker soon. <laughs> Let's see if he makes it through the season. I, I feel yeah, like he's uh, much you less never, likely you to never finish know the year. with that guy. Yeah. So, somebody yeah. will look at him wrong and he'll make some headlines again. All right. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. We've got Chelsea covered now, along with most of the rest of the the top of the Premier League. So check out those episodes if you haven't yet. And uh, we'll catch you again soon. 